0: Welcome back to ContiCast. So, it is October 11th, or rather, no, it is the 11th, uh, and we're going to get back into um, men's and women's hockey. Uh,
1: I'm one of your hosts, Brendan Mahoney. I'm Anthony Smith. Thanks for coming back. It's 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 been a while, but we're excited to, to get going because like the season's actually started. We got some, we got a lot of news to cover. Brendan, what we got? All right, so getting right into it, we're
0: going to start with a little bit of a women's recap. So the women have now played five games. Uh, I believe the first one was an exhibition uh, against Stonehill, so we'll start with that. So, Anthony, what do we think of that game?
1: Yeah, I went to the Stonehill game, uh, first two periods at least. I thought we looked really good. Stonehill, not, again, the strongest opponent. But uh, number 14, Sammy Tabor, so a lot of positive signs as as just a – it's just a strong forward. Like, Sniper, she had a lot of good moves. Uh, I remember there was this one time, I think New Hook fed her the puck on like maybe like a half one tee or a half pass off the boards, just fires it top shelf. It's just incredible. Um, she's only a freshman, though, so it's, it's going to be a while before she truly develops. She just kind of needs to get acclimated into the process. Um, but the other thing about Stonehill game is that Grace Campbell was proved as the... As a starter for b c women's hockey, which I thought was really important, and so that was just kind of a good um, game for us to get going and shows what we kind of have
0: question though was there ever a doubt that Grace Campbell would be the starter because i thought I thought that was kind of hammered in was that was that up in the air do you think
1: uh I don't really know um, I mean there was two or three goalies that was that were in question, but it, Campbell is the number one for now mm-hmm
0: uh cool so after Stonehill we had two games at Clarkson uh neither
1: of which went our way sadly um Anthony tell us a little bit about those games against Clarkson they got a couple fast ones maybe a few from Newhook um but uh Crowley game said that what we saw was our compete level and I kind of think that means that even though Clarkson came out slow as well they kind of didn't really look to improve on that they kind of they they look kind of complacent coming out of the gates and that's really something she emphasized in the in the post-game report um but i did think they looked stronger in that first game than the second one once again new hook looked pretty good
0: yeah i watched uh both of those games on replay on espn plus and i would agree with you generally i don't think we necessarily looked bad um i think like clarkson was a really good team so it was it was a good match um But I think overall, yeah, there was definitely a problem uh, moving the puck is what I noticed overall. Um, And when we did move the puck in like a faster, efficient way, it would end up being turned over. But again, I also think this is just stuff that has to be ironed out as time goes on. I don't think it's anyone's fault in particular. And, you know, it is the beginning of the season. So there's definitely grace to be given with that.
1: Yeah. So next we had Wisconsin. Brandon, kind of what happened in that one?
0: Oh, uh, so we had two games against Wisconsin this past weekend um again, two losses. The first one was a lot closer uh than we had in the second one. Grace Campbell put up a whopping fifty one saves in game one. Anthony put that into perspective.
1: yeah, so i remember like I remember in the n h l like we look at save performances like i remember u c Soros had an insane like fifty plus save performance, and that was looked at as like beyond belief and Grace Campbell did that in in game one. Despite a loss, but I think that this speaks volumes on kind of the way she plays and how important she is to this roster. And that, but that was in game one. Game two, um, they had more of a tumultuous go uh, with like a twelve-two loss. Uh, I spoke to Katie Crowley after the game, and she said that once again they they were um, they were flat out of the gates, which is hopefully something they can improve on um, looking forward.
0: Yeah. And again, like I I will give it, give them a lot of credit. Like Wisconsin is by far leaps and bounds the best team in the country. So like, it is important no matter how bad the loss was to put into perspective that that team is great. Um, And BC is very much still in like a rebuilding, like move uh, in terms of their women's team. So, you know, a 12-2 is not ideal, but I think that it's also important to put into perspective that Wisconsin is the best team in the country and, in the first game, maybe not the second one, they put up a pretty good fight.
1: Yeah, she also emphasized that, uh, or I asked her about the, they double doubled this up in shot blocks, 18-9. And, and I thought that, and she said that it kind of means that they need to go with a shoot first mentality, get more pucks to the front of the net, and kind of clog up a few more of those holes on the penalty kill. Uh, but she also said that this team is just going to get better going forward, and I agree with that. Like you said, Brendan, there's there's a lot of young talent on this team, and the more they can get acclimated against these these juggernauts in the Midwest and like the Wisconsin's, the Minnesotas, is going to be it's going to be good going forward.
0: Yeah, and I mean, personally, I predict Wisconsin will be the eventual national champions again this year. So I think like again, just put that into massive perspective. But
1: and who do we have this weekend uh, on the women's docket? Uh... I think it's Penn State, right?
0: Yes, I believe so. Okay,
1: but um, yeah, that's going to be at three post uh, pre pre men's game this Friday. So look out for that one.
0: Yeah, actually, it it is. I think it is Penn State. It's at two p.m. I believe. Um, But yeah, um, I guess we can move move on on the men's game. Yeah,
1: Brennan, what happened this weekend?
0: Um, well, what didn't happen? We had an outstanding game against the national champions uh reigning national champions in quinnipiac university um we could talk about this game forever anthony and i uh, both watched this game together and it was a fight all the way through and it was a great game and yeah I so guess it was we'll,
1: the definitely the high point of the weekend say the least
0: yes I, I would agree with that i would agree with that it wasn't the best weekend overall for the two of us um as i had a little bit of an illness and anthony got injured so was a little bit rough but this definitely made it um a bit better so let's start before we get into the actual individual periods and players immediate reactions how did this game feel why did it feel that way and how do you feel about this team
1: i just thought like i said last time that it was probably the most important opener we've had in the last five years as as this program and just with like all the hype surrounding Quinnipiac and the banner raising and all the attention on the game and like how excited all the fans were. It was, I was, I really didn't know what was going to happen, but I thought we came out actually quick. I thought we came out strong.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. I guess we'll start um, with the first period and start talking about that. Uh, One of the biggest takeaways uh, that Anthony and I both had is that the refs haven't changed. The refs still, call an inabsorbitant in amount of penalties um granted some were deserved um but there were plenty of times where both teams were called for unnecessary unnecessary penalties um overall throughout the game but especially in the first period um one of these penalties um on quinnipiac actually led or rather sorry on bc um led to a shorthanded goal from andre gussell one of anthony's favorite players so anthony you want
1: to talk about that yeah, I mean, like you said, the hockey east and the EAC kind of rest like on the same wavelength it seems with with their with the whistles, but no, Andre it looked incredible. Um uh ground brown said post game that like he really hasn't slowed down since he's been playing with Cutter and I believe it was I think it was Nesterenko last year. They put him on that top line um close to the start of the beanpot and since then it's just been you just been off the charts. And like you said, the shorthanded goal was just off the rush, incredible, low blocker. And it was really important, obviously, because only goal we scored in regulation. But kind of what happened after that. Um, Then we sort of got into
0: the second period. Uh, The second period was slow overall. Um, Greg Brown actually called it calm. Uh, He said that not only the period was calm, but also Jacob Fowler and his ability uh, to make, you know, a lot of saves and be unfazed. I think that that was my biggest takeaway from the second period is that Fowler would be able to make save after save after save and just jump right back up and keep playing hockey. And I think that it's really a special thing.
1: Yeah. By the way, Jacob Fowler, this really needs to be his introduction into the into the VC, like into the VC Athletics light, because this game really showcased his his talents in the forefront. And it really reminded me last year of someone like Devin Levi. Just like, like you said, Brendan, they're Just seemingly unfazedness. I don't even know that's a word. They were unfazed by any shot that came to them or him.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, he's a very different goaltender than Devin Levi. But I understand. No, this. I, get I, I get the sentiment that you're saying. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think that. I mean, he won goaltender of the week for hockey. Is correct. Yep. Yeah. So that's that's another thing to put into perspective. He won goaltender of the week. Cutter got co-player of the week with Lane Hudson. Um, So, yeah, I mean, good company to be in. Jacob Fowler looked great. And immediately one of the words um, Anthony used to describe Jacob Fowler is, he's a stud. He is a stud. Jacob Fowler is a stud in every definition of the word. And, yeah, I think with that we'll get a little bit into um, the – oh, go ahead.
1: Yeah, I I think we – also I just wanted to point out our penalty kill because – that was really important going into, into the second period because I think we had, like, seven minors throughout the game. Both teams, by the way, had over 10 penalty minutes, which I thought was really interesting. Um, but once again, penalty kill looked good. Jacob Bankston in his BC debut, fantastic. Yeah. What do you think about that?
0: I would agree with that. I think Bankston looked great. I think Jack Malone looked great. Uh, and Malone, I did check on that. Malone did have an A, an assistant, on his chest, yeah. which I didn't, I didn't know that that was happening. Um so that's, again, cool. And as well as Armstrong, um, mm. all three of the grad students looked really good. We'll we'll get into that a little yeah. bit later. But um, now we're going to move into the third period of this game. Um, in the third, with about six minutes to go, a puck bounces right above Fowler's head and is tapped in by a Quinnipiac player to tie it up. Um, wasn't his fault, I wouldn't say. It was kind of just a really unlucky bounce as it yeah. kind of just glided right over his head.
1: I mean, It's one of those goals that... As a goalie, I'm sure everyone knows about because the ones where you just lose sight of the puck entirely, there's not much you can do about those. But I'm glad that it didn't really phase us as a team. They they didn't look slow at all coming after that. They, they kept right on going. Uh, but, like, once again, huge number of block shots in that period, second and third. Um, I remember there was this one from Armstrong, just lays out.
0: Oh, is that the one where he he the top he of got- the point? Yeah, yeah, he got the eat of the week for everything college hockey. Yeah, eat of the week. He he took that right in his like abdomen. Um, but but yeah, I, I think like like you were saying, like the ability to block shots and actually just eat a lot of these pucks that are coming towards Fowler, even though Fowler played great and had a bunch of saves himself, it made it a little bit easier and a little bit lighter of a load that he didn't have to work on saving so many of these pucks because they were stopped before they even got to him.
1: Yeah, I mean, also Greg Brown just said post game how important that is. Like, he says that there's those no magic to it, just a lot of blood and guts, and I think that really speaks volumes on the buy in for this team already, looking to block all those shots on on day, on game one from from both sides, really.
0: Yeah, and I think also that kind of builds on this narrative of like, I think a lot of these, um, a lot of commentators and a lot of people around NCAA hockey talk about how bc's talented bc star studded uh which doesn't always imply but in a lot of cases implies that we're not gritty not willing to like you know play not play dirty but get dirty and like you know do things that are not super easy so i think this game definitely showed that that hey we have all these stars but we're not just gonna play like stars play we're gonna play gritty and dirty and you know get down to it
1: yeah a bit like the florida panthers on their cup run last year is kind of really what, yeah. Was, well, it yeah. wasn't pretty, but
0: it was effective, and I think that's yeah. an important point, um,
1: to know. But yeah, so the third period
0: ended, uh, in a tie after that lucky bounce and then went into overtime. Which, as BC hockey fans from the last couple years, Anthony and I understand that overtime slash shootouts are not necessarily it's not s- our forte, not the strength of the team, uh, in the past couple years. So, obviously, Anthony and I were both hesitant. Uh, went in overtime, but Anthony, tell us a little bit about what happened
1: in overtime. Yeah, I mean, I thought Quinnipiac really, um, I, I kind of think that matches their really like their general style. They play a, kind of a passive game uh, in the past. But in, in overtime, that really was really a factor because they didn't show any signs of pressing forward, really. They, they were content with holding the puck behind the net, kind of getting players back, which isn't the most exciting thing. But there was a few chances um, towards the end. But Brendan, kind of, what happened towards the end of that overtime period?
0: Well, before I get to the end, uh, Cutter had a really great chance at the beginning. Oh, he and did. He almost ended yeah. ended overtime about what fifteen twenty seconds ends. I think like
1: Leonard and Cutter had both chances off the rush. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're right. Uh, there were a lot of good chances on both sides, despite Quinnipiac playing pretty passively overall. But um, the game ended in a really cinematic way uh, with Leonard charging up um, across the ice to the left side and then hitting cutter um for
1: a goal with nine and a half seconds to go yeah it's a beautiful snipe over glove side of Duplessis right there um just really trademark from cutter something that we've seen a lot of the times before and we're glad that he did big players in big games yeah yeah i would
0: agree with that i think um i think it was a great goal i think quinnipiac was pretty content with about like a minute left to just letting it go to a shootout, which I'm not really sure why because I don't see them having won a shootout versus us. I don't know what you see about that, Anthony. But I don't think (laughs) – if I was them, I wouldn't have wanted a shootout. But they very much did. They were kind of hoping for that. I don't know what you thought. but
1: Yeah, I mean it definitely didn't look like they were looking to press for it again, like you said. um, The shootout isn't the most exciting point of view from any hockey fan's perspective. Um, so I'm glad that obviously it ended like that.
0: The thing, the thing I don't like about a shootout. Shootout's kind of exciting, but I don't like that it goes down as a tie for both teams. That's that's the thing that's not my not my favorite part about it. But because it almost feels like everything, like the teams have both worked for throughout the game, just like tie.
1: I mean, this kind of goes back to what we were talking about before, and the the rule changes. Yeah, PCH. yeah, and the the bean pot last year shootout. Like, nobody wants to see it end in a shootout.
0: I forgot about that, yeah. That was uh, a good game,
1: Northeastern though. clinches over Harvard, Harvard. in a shootout. That was a good game, though. That it was, was. a good game. But people consistently say they want 5v5 overtime until a winner, but I agree with that.
0: I don't know if I want 5v5. I like 3v3. Because I think it, like, it, it... At least 3v3. At least Definitely 3v3 overtime, is better than a shootout, yeah? It, yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Everyone says that.
0: <laughs> but, But, anyway, enough of our bickering about the style
1: but what kind of what are our major takeaways after this game brother
0: um i think you know the biggest one that i immediately think of we talked about a little bit was that jacob fowler's him he yeah. is great and an upgrade from benson and dop and goalies of recent memory um and again i think that over the summer there was speculation about whether or not in like the first couple of games he would split minutes with Korek, which I didn't ever see happening. But but it was interesting because like I think having him play the whole game was good. And again, this kind of goes back to the idea that Anthony mentioned that like um I believe you mentioned the first podcast that we didn't have an exhibition game. And that's kind of where like stuff like that is tested out in my mind. Like if we had yeah. an exhibition game, I probably would have let each goalie play a period and just because it doesn't matter. Yeah. But I think like again having having to test this out not in an exhibition game and just right off the bat versus the defending champions number 2 ranked at the time is difficult but he really held up.
1: Well it's funny you mentioned exhibitions because they actually just added one. Yeah, I know. It's Simon Fraser on the 6th of January. So hopefully that'll be a time when Cora can be can get some minutes. Um once again it's going to be interesting with with the World Juniors Fowler and Augustine are probably going to gonna be the ones that, that go yet. there, so it's going to be important for us to to get some minutes for those other goalies. Uh, yeah, I don't want to think about the World Juniors yet. That yeah, scares we'll me. focus on the present for now. <laughs> but overall, the officiating once again—I mean, they kind of just need to put their whistles away. A lot of sources said that just let the game flow a little bit better. But Brendan, what happened with the um, what happened with the Team USA line? Smith, Pro, uh, Leonard.
0: Ah. Uh, solid I would say solid I think like Leonard by leaps and bounds looked the most comfortable out of the three of them I think that Smith and Perot are still getting used to it and you know it's understandable I think give it a couple more games but I I would say if I'm Greg Brown I'm not unwilling to change that lineup I just think like you know in an ideal world, that's perfect. They play together, they've played together for a long time. But this is different. This is different hockey. It's not the dev team. It's not the USHL. So I think it's kind of important to like
1: put that into perspective. I don't know what you think. Well, I just think it's interesting because Leonard obviously looks like the most physical physically ready yeah. of of yeah. the three just based on his, his stature. But like you said, Smith and Pro are gonna need to take some time. Um the stuff doesn't happen overnight once you get once again the junior game is entirely different than the NCAA game so if once they can get minutes against these weaker opponents coming up maybe this weekend and next it's going to be good for them and their development really yeah yeah I would agree with that um
0: but and yeah we mentioned the grad students played really well um and I think it's like not only do they play well but it's also just like the leadership it's like we have Think about it, like how many the average age on our team is probably like nineteen years old.
1: Like Well I saw it was one of the youngest in the country. Yeah. So I it's remember like, there was a graphic I don't I don't know what it was, but I, I, I saw you showed something. it to me, yeah. Yeah.
0: But like it's important like to recognize that like, you know, it's kinda important to have some of these like twenty three year old players out there that are just you know, when you think about it, it's really not that big of a difference, like five years between them and like someone like Will Smith. But but it is. It is a big difference and an experience gap and it's like someone like um Jamie Armstrong has played four years of college hockey before this. Well, so, so it's like, so is Malone. So is Malone. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's like it's important to kind of put that into perspective. It's like these guys have a lot of experience and can offer a lot to those younger guys. But yeah.
1: And this weekend we have we have Long Island University on the docket f- Friday, seven p.m. We can, will can we be expect? there. Yeah. <laughs> what, can we, what can we expect from this, Brendan?
0: Um, so before we get into like the specifics of this actual game, I'm going to talk about Long Island versus Penn State this past weekend. Um, either long Island looked decent or Penn state looked bad or a combination of the both. Um, I watched that game this past weekend. Um, the goalie, uh, Perone is interesting. The LAU goalie is good. I think that he has a lot of poise in the same way that Jacob Fowler does. Uh, I think his strength is absolutely mobility and awareness of the puck. He, um, is able to understand where the puck is at all times and rotates very accordingly he's never out of position um and in terms of their actual team um their first line is big a lot of big Mm. guys who are like just strong hit you like that's kind of their style of play which uh they held up really well against penn state they only lost three to two and granted like Penn state is Penn state coming off of a big year in coming general. off of a big year where yeah. they almost made the frozen four. Yeah. They were one goal away. Um, in that Michigan game, that was a good game. Hmm. Um, but you know, they were ranked 16th in that game playing long Island and yeah, like, I mean, long Island doesn't look bad. I, I do think it'll be much less of a challenge than Quinnipiac. Uh, what do you think?
1: How did they look against Holy Cross though? But I agree with that.
0: I didn't catch any of the Holy Cross game. Oh, um, okay, but, but yeah, um, so we'll we'll see. I think,
1: but I mean, that was like big big game for them. LIU like East Age game day. Like,
0: oh yeah, I forgot everything. College hockey was there. Yeah, yeah,
1: big day in front of their fans, home opener. But another thing about the LIU game is that will e- Will Eamon Powell look to get those those big time minutes like he did against Quinnipiac? He played
0: a lot. He like you said, he was getting Lane Hudson minutes. He like... was
1: getting like every other shift type, Charlie McAvoy type minutes out there. It was, it was insane.
0: But I mean. I, he looked great, though. I, but it speaks I,
1: volumes about how he's grown as a player.
0: Yeah, he looks great, though. Like, I think Eamon, Eamon not only deserved that captaincy, but he also, like, looked like a leader, played like a leader. and mm-hmm.
1: Leading by example. Again,
0: again yeah. like, the there was no, like, sloppy sluggishness coming up the ice. It was full speed every time. Eamon looked good, and I was, I was very happy with Eamon's performance. Um, but... Yeah, I think I think that yeah, this is a good time for Smith and Perot to kind of make a little bit more of a a dent and an impact because it is a weaker opponent. And again, not to disqualify Long Island at all because they had a really yeah. good game, and I don't I don't I see them putting up a fight.
1: But yeah, I mean, it's just going to op- maybe if one of those games where they can open up a few more areas on the in the ice. It's going to be a little bit wider for them. If yeah, they're not they- going
0: to have that Quinnipiac defense that's really smothering.
1: And like you said, like. I remember one of us mentioned that like 3v3 overtime would be kind of one of our strengths against them because we can operate more with open ice rather than all of these condensed um, forechecking or whatever. So hopefully that works. Um, but in other NCAA news, there's big opening weekend, ranked matchups. We watched a lot. Coming out of everywhere. Brendan kind of what happened this weekend.
0: <laughs> yeah, we didn't have much else to do, so we yeah. had football on one TV and NCAA hockey on the other. Maybe maybe it's a sad life that we live, but it's a good one. Um, so, yeah, we watched a lot of games. Um, Denver looks godly. Um, they rolled Fairbanks twice, right? Yeah. Probably, yeah. Uh, I think it was twice. Um, what did you think of that game?
1: Yeah, I thought Jack Devine looked strong. Um, Zev Williamson. Uh, with his his debut again coming out of the U.S. program. Looked just like a really strong defenseman. Denver's going to be like a top-five team probably in and out of the season consistently. Yeah. Uh, we also had Michigan and Providence. Big ranked matchup. That was a good two-game set. It, oh, yeah, two-game set. Did I, who, who, didn't uh? Who Michigan drop the first one? Michigan dropped the first oh, yeah. one. And
0: then as Providence, we thought Providence was going to um, – by the end of the third, like, with five minutes left, we turned it off because Providence was down by two goals. But they brought it back, and they only lost 5-4 in the second game. Providence looked really good. They were just voted. Oh, it. they came back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, okay. almost, they almost stole that second game. Um, They looked good, and they were voted on NCAA's, NCAA, yeah, NCAA hockey's uh, Instagram as the, like, favorite or best team of the week uh, for this past weekend, um, which I don't know if I agree with. but Providence was? Yeah. Oh, wow. Providence was um they looked good and it's like Anthony and I talk a lot about Svedback Svedback is I don't know he's incredible and Anthony tell us about what you think Svedback has in terms of being successful for a college hockey goalie
1: I like his movement I think I think he has good command of the posts um he's not really a guy that maybe looks to go out and play the puck shoot it to his d-man or whatever but he has a good command of the goal. He's a big dude, too. He is a big guy. Yeah. Definitely over maybe like 6'3", six, 6'4". Six,
0: yeah, and big goalies, with the exception of Devin Levi, seem to do really well in the hockey East. Uh, if we look at Merrimack's pairing of goalies, Olas, and I cannot forget, I cannot remember the other guy's name. Uh, but they have two big goalies. Um, yeah.
1: The guy, uh, Gibson for Harvard.
0: Yeah, Gibson. Gibson's big. Uh, is he back this year, do you know?
1: Not sure. But we also got Sepp again. <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah, Sefton BC's nemesis. I mean, he's off in, he's off in Arizona. Arizona
1: now. State, ex-Northeastern player. Yeah. But so, so another interesting player on Michigan is kind of maybe like one of those double-edged sword type players, Frank Nazar. Yeah. I First game, didn't look so good. No. Uh,
0: I I think that, like, Nazar looked sloppy, and it was like, you know, it's it's nerves, it's jitters. Like, think about it. He only played how many games last season? Probably 10, 12. Well, he 12. played less than a quarter. Of yeah, that. something like that. Yeah. So it's like he, you know. And he's the majority of the minutes he got were, like, in the tournament. Like, his, like, yeah. opening to NCAA hockey was, like, in the tournament. So, it's like, that's not really a fair judge of everything. But, you know, he looks kind of rough in the first game. I think just a little out of place. Kind of, funny enough, the same way that Bedard looked last night in his debut with Chicago. Kind of just, like, tripping over himself, like... <laughs> Just nervous, and it's like it happens. Like I, I, I understand. But Nazar
1: turned that around the second game. I mean, but he also got like two goals in like two minutes in the second game. Yeah, so that yeah. Was crazy. he he looks good in the second game. So it's like those nerves are gone. Um, Michigan State had a uh, had a pretty has a good sweep against Lake Superior State. What, what happened in that one?
0: Um, Augustine still looks good. Um, unsurprisingly, looks good. Uh, that's another important thing. We'll see him in a couple weeks on that double Michigan State matchup. And, yeah, Red Savage. Two goals. Yeah. In two good games. Too. Wow. But, uh, yeah, we watched some other games, some random ones. We, we got watched.
1: Lowell against Alaska Anchorage.
0: Uh, yeah, it was streamed on YouTube. <laughs> it was a little bit a little
1: sketch. I mean, but it was a pretty flat game. It was a flat game. Lowell, Lowell
0: looked, looked okay. It looked um,
1: okay. We kind of have to report it. It's hockey. East. It's, it's yeah, wild. and other
0: hockey East games. Um, UConn played a two-game set against Colgate. Uh, they looked okay. Matthew Wood is truly the only bright spot on that team. He looks great. Um, uh, UMass played AIC. Um, AIC uh, is a pretty decent team, but UMass looked really good. They put up five goals. Um, so yeah, it was it was it was a really good weekend to start college hockey. There were games upon games upon games. Uh, did uh, Minnesota play? Or if they did, it was an exhibition, right?
1: I, I think Minnesota play. played against someone. I, th- I saw Oliver Moore had a an insane snipe.
0: I think it was an exhibition, though. I don't know if it was an actual game.
1: Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's, yeah. He's going to be a strong player. Pay attention to Moore's 11 throughout the whole year. But, yeah, uh, this, w- this week has been good. Uh, we're going to look to keep going against Long Island on, on Friday at 7. And uh, until then, take care, everybody. Yeah, thanks for listening. Count to Castle we <laughs>